0: Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Does anyone bring a Bible? Okay, all right, cool, cool. If you're you're a first time guest here, we believe the Bible. We believe it's God's Word, that we can take it, read it, and go do it. That's the goal. Come on, I I know some some folks take it and read it and then just close it, but don't do it. I, I don't believe that's how it's supposed to be. I believe God challenges us throughout Scripture to go do this. And when you do it, it's what makes a difference. You're here because somebody did the Word. You are you're here because somebody did the word of God and they went in and walked it out. So uh, we can do that today. So if you got your Bible Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. Uh, some of you thought we were going to go back to 2 Corinthians. Psych. <laughs> Ephesians 6 um verses 10 through 18. We've been in this series called The Battlefield now for 6 weeks and uh man, it's just been it's been good. God's been showing us some cool stuff in this in this series. But Ephesians 6, verse 10, it says this. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. This is crucial. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, one more time he says, stand. Therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. That's all of them. Just in case you missed that, that's all of them. The Word of God can handle all, every situation. And it says, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Somebody say, Amen. That's good. Let's talk to him one more time, man. We have that right and that privilege because of Jesus. Father, we come to you right now one more time, Lord, in the name above every name, Jesus. And we just thank you, Lord, for giving us access today into the throne room, Father. And and God, we can come to that place, God, and obtain mercy and grace, Lord. And we just ask today, Lord, as we just come together, that our hearts will be open, our our ears will be open, our spirit will be open to receive the word of God. Lord, just say what you need to say today through me, Lord, and uh, do what you need to do through through me. And I just pray, God, that more than anything, else in this room. Lord, your son Jesus will be glorified. And uh, we just one more time, thank you, Lord, for this season. And uh, we just give you praise for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. High five your neighbor one more time. And just tell him this. Encourage them. Say, you know something, he's more than enough. Come on. He's more than enough. Amen. He's all you need. He's all you need. Um, like I said, man, we have been in this series uh, the battlefield now for six weeks is have you been here or got anything out of the words yet? Come on, some of you have been getting this thing, and if for some reason you've missed, I say it every time, the messages are all free on our website and on iTunes, download them, listen to them, listen to them over and over again, get the word in you, let the spirit of faith come to you, that's how you get equipped and prepared and built up in the faith, so so do that, so get the word of God in you. But we have been in a series called The Battlefield, too much again to just go back and review it all, don't have time, listen to the messages, but we are in a war period read it it is it is it is true we're in this spiritual war now most of the time this spiritual war we see manifest itself through individuals that is true. Amen. You most of the time will see that situation rise up through a person, through, a, through flesh, and you see that thing happen, but that's not where it's at. The Bible says we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're, we're in this other battle in the spirit, but the enemy will use people to get in and mess us up. But, uh, so we have to see again who the enemy is. The enemy is the devil. He is, he is the one who has come to steal. To kill and destroy, that's his mission. He's on point. He's after you. He's coming after you hard, and that's his goal. And so when you get ticked off and when you get mad about a situation, get mad at the enemy. Come on, get mad at the devil. And some of y'all said, man, he's working hard right now. He's coming at me with everything. It's because of this. It's because he knows he's running out of time. Come on, right there. That's a good place. He is because he knows his time is being short, so he's intensifying. He's cranking his things, dropping it in low, flooring it, going as hard as he can after you, coming as much as he can with the, with the enemy to come out and kind of steal, kill, and destroy your life. But you know something? It's okay. It's okay because we've been learning last week. We learned that we are strong in the Lord. Come on, this is something that we are strong in. We're not strong on our strength. This is not pressure on us to perform. This is strength in the Lord. We are strong, the Bible says, in the Lord. We are strong in him by the power of his might. It's not the power of our might. Our might is not much. It is weak. It is not strong. But in the power of his might, he can do anything he wants to do. He is not up in here when he gets ready to bless you, when he gets ready to move in your situation, when he gets ready to be I am that I am in your life. He doesn't have to go have a board meeting. Oh, man, I want, I want, to, I want to bless that guy right down there at Faith Renewed this morning. I want to go and just change his situation. Hold on, let me get everybody together. Let me call the angels and the elders and the, and the deacons and the board members. And all He ain't got to do that. He speaks the word. He speaks in your situation. He says what needs to be said. And in that moment, the spirit of God can just begin to move in your life. We are strong in his might, Man, we're strong in his mind. I know some of you feel weak, but, man, we're strong in his mind. If you would just start saying that, if you would just start reading that, I hope you'll just during this time, man, just keep reading Corinthians. Read Ephesians. Man, let this word just keep building your faith, getting you to the point where you actually begin to believe it, what God's saying in his word. But we also said this. He told us to stand. Last week we learned, man, that we can stand before judges. That's what that term means when you read that word. It means that you can stand before judges. And Jesus went and stood before the judges and was found guilty so that we could be free on somebody he went and stood before the judges did not open his mouth listened and heard all the accusations and the only thing he said is i, well, I am him i am the lord i am the cross he just kept saying i am he just kept speaking who he was and he he went and gave his life and was found guilty so today each of us who accepted him and walking now in this gift can stand before the judge and stand before the judges free. Amen. So again, we stand before him. And and today I was going to do this. I was going to go ahead and take us right on into in Ephesians the, the armor and begin to unpack the armor of God and begin to break that down. And and I just uh, I don't know, I just felt something this week. The Lord was just kind of pulling me in a different direction. And and we may get into that at the end. I don't know, it just depends on what the Lord wants to do. And I've been asking the Lord to help me just be sensitive to this. But I felt like he just kept taking me back to the book of First Samuel. So if you take your Bible back out, and uh, if you probably already have that, I want you to go into the Old Testament... And I want you to go to the book of First Samuel, and I've, I just could not get away from this story this week, and it was just crazy. It was just like I'd run into somebody, and we would just begin to talk, and then we'd start talking about this story, David and Goliath. Uh, we, we would, I would, say it would just I'd turn around. i talk to our kids' pastors, and, and come to find out they have been talking about David and Goliath in kids' ministry, and talking to Caleb, asking him what he learned. I was my seven-year-old, and asking him what he learned in kids' church, and he starts telling me about this story, and then I met the gym. I, it's just crazy. I just start—I don't know. I could not get away from this thing. So this week, I just kept reading this story over and over in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And the Lord just began to just show me some stuff uh, that, I don't know, I hope, it, I, hope I can somehow pro- give it to you like he gave it to me and portray this and speak this into your life and build your faith with this thing. Because I tell you, he just began to show me some stuff that I have never seen in the story. I mean, I've been in, my, in church my whole life. I mean, I've been in church my whole life. If, and if you've ever been in church a while, you've heard this story. Who's ever heard the story of David and Goliath? Just slide it up. Man, I mean, some of you may be hearing it for the very first time. I hope you are. And I hope that for those who have heard it over and over and over, it feels like the first time again as you start hearing this story and reliving it. Because I, I've, been, I've been hearing this thing since back in the day when we had flannel graph. Some of y'all old school folks know what I'm talking about, man. If you know what a flannel graph is, man, a flannel graph is you got a big flannel board and you got these little figures that stick up on it. And, and it. and it's just cool. That was the first PowerPoint. That was the first Apple computer. That was the first Mac. That was the first thing. It was just, I mean, you had the little figures and you stick it up on there, man, and you had Goliath filling up the whole, the whole board. And he had this little guy named David that just had just, just a little bit of the boy covered up. But I, I, again, I just I hope you'll hear it <clears throat> today like, the, like maybe the first time. The Lord's been showing me some stuff in the story. And if you've grown up hearing this, man, let those things just keep ringing in your heart. But also let this new revelation get to you. But in the story... In 1 Samuel chapter 17, it's where we're gonna hang out today for a while and, and and read and look at some stuff. If you don't know the story, let me just kind of just paint a little bit of a picture. There was war taking place. You had you had army against army. You had the children of God, the children of of, of Israel, the children that, that follow Christ, try to walk out his plan, his people, on one side, and then in this big valley. That, that separated this, that them between this other army. And on the other side, on the other mountain, stood the other army. And so you, in this visual, you have these two armies with this valley separating them. And let's look for just a second what happens in the story. It's really interesting when you read it. Verse 3 says this. The Philistines, which that was the enemy... Today, whenever time we refer to that, you hear that word, that is the enemy. And you can replace that with whatever day, however he may be hitting you and looking at you. But that's how it works today. That is, that is uh, the I believe, just the enemy. Again, you insert the name. But the Philistines stood on a mountain on one side. Israel stood on a mountain on the other side with this valley between them. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. Verse 5 says he had a bronze helmet on his head and he was armed with a coat of mail and the weight of the cup was 5,000 shekels of bronze. Verse 6 says, and he had bronze armor on his legs, bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels and a shield bearer went before him. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. Now, a lot again, a lot of things that I have never seen before the Lord was showing me. Verse 4 says, that, and it was interesting, this is how they would fight battles and wars sometime. It was, it was really neat. They would, they would take, and in verse 4 says, a champion went out of the camp of the Philistines. So just as to see this, you would actually have one individual who represented the entire army. Now, again, you know, we, 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 we fight war a little bit different, you know, but they would fight this war sometime where you would have one champion who would come out and then he would stand out and then he would issue the challenge to the other army. Now, he made it open for anybody. He made it clear so that anyone could step up to the challenge and step out and have the opportunity to be the champion. I had some rocky references last week in my message. I'm going to try not to go there today, man, but I could sing some Eye of the Tiger right now, and I could get excited, man, to, to, because, again, you had this enemy who come out and would declare and begin to say, it was interesting, though, the Lord showed me this. You would have one champion that would fight, and then he would do this. He would represent the entire army, and they would also, they would label it this way. If one champion could beat the other, other champion, they won the whole battle. And I was like, hold everything. We, again, we're talking about this spiritual warfare, and we're talking about being strong in the Lord. And and, and I know sometimes that tries to to get you to grit your teeth a little harder and bow up and, and swell up a little bit. Man, but think about this for a second. He issued the challenge, and he spoke these things and said these things, and he began to challenge everybody, but nobody would step up. This went on for 40 days. This went on and he would would get out and he would speak against the children of Israel, the children of God, and would slander them and say things and nobody would step up. All they needed was one champion to come against him. I got to think, man, some of y'all wearing a shirt today. Some of y'all got Jesus on your shirt, man. I've never thought about him being a part of this. I believe this is a prophetic picture showing that the true champion, Jesus, he came out, and for us, he did this. One champion wins the battle for the entire army. One warrior steps up and fights the battle, and everybody gets to celebrate the victory because of what one individual did. And today, because of what Jesus did on the cross for us, the champion of all champions, the king of all kings. Now the entire army can celebrate today what Jesus did for us on the cross. Now, I, I just love it. I love the one champion just represents the entire army. But again, Jesus is trying to paint this picture, and the Bible is trying to let us see this. And if you look at this, it's, it's heavy. This gets heavy. Because when you read about this armor that Goliath had on, Goliath was nine foot nine inches. If you take out that six cubits in a span, he was nine foot. Y'all thought Shaq man was tall. You you thought, you know, somebody what's somebody mother basketball player? I don't know much about sports. Who? (coughs) Mingao. Mingao. You know, you you thought he, he he was tall, man. But but you have a nine foot nine inch giant enemy will always try to paint a picture of himself to be a whole lot stronger than what he really is. Come on, I feel that. He, he will always try to paint a picture of himself being unbeatable and unstoppable. So he steps out, and if just his height and size is not enough, <clears> the <throat> Bible says that he wore all of this armor. He had on... I mean, just crazy stuff. He, he had on this armor that weighed, I mean, just, some of the, the scholars say it's like 120 pounds. He was probably wearing stuff that weighed more than David. How do you think that made David feel? He's wearing stuff, man. He, the Bible says that he had this spear that was like a weaver's beam, which is very large. Just the head of it, they say, weighed about 16 pounds. I'm gonna pick up just a 16-pound bowling ball. And, and, and roll that bad boy. I mean, throw that on the end of a stick. Throw that into the end of a broom. See how that works out for you, man. This guy is massive. He's huge. He is this monster, and he comes out, and the Bible just describes, man, that there, there, there's all these places. He's covering his chest. He's covering his legs. He's covering all these areas, and he's making himself look unstoppable. But let me tell you something. There's always a way that you can take the enemy out. There is never a war, there is never a battle, there's never a situation that you'll ever face that God hasn't already provided the way of escape. And so in every situation, there is this way out. And so now in this situation, you have this big giant, and what he does, he was working this thing, man. He used his size, he used all the armor, and he tried to intimidate the children of God, and it worked. It worked you he would come out on the on the mountain he would speak down and I'm sure he would just echo throughout the valley and he would just speak and you would just hear that and it struck terror in those guys and and he was constantly trying to intimidate and bring fear and bring down and so today I don't know I just thought like the Lord was trying to speak some stuff into my heart to tell somebody listen listen if you're in fear today it is not of God the Bible says that in 2 Timothy 1, 7, that God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And I'm telling you, I would encourage you to do this. Take that one verse and just study that out. It's so much in that verse, man, that it just gets you freed up. It's just I mean, it is so good. But he's telling us here that we are not in this place. That word fear means this. It means fearfulness, timidity, cowardice. So God has not given you a spirit as a coward. That intimidation, the middle word of intimidation is timid. And I think sometimes, man, he is up, standing up, making you think he's all that and a bag of chips, man. He's talking junk. And his voice is echoing out through the valley and it's just bringing fear into you and you're hearing that and it's causing you to shy back and to pull back and to withdraw. Listen to me. The enemy, all he's doing, listen to me, he's talking so much junk. We spoke on exposing the enemy a couple of weeks ago. This is probably could be exposing the enemy part two because what he does is this. If he can't get you with the Sin issue. Because some of you, I was up preaching that message a couple of weeks ago, Pastor Harry referred to it when I was painting the picture and setting the scene of how the enemy works, of temptation and deception. And some of y'all was looking at that and was saying, Man, that's not my big struggle. Man, I'm thankful for that. But some of you are so scared to move in God. Some of you are so fearful to go against the enemy and you sit back sometimes and you're so quiet. Listen to me. As we expose this today and show how he works, the Spirit of God is going to rise up. And listen, it is not in any way today, if you're struggling with fear, if anything is going on inside of you today that connects to that, it's not God. The Bible says he gives you a spirit of power, love, man, a sound mind. But the enemy gets out and starts talking junk. He gets out and begins to bow up, show you how big he is and what he's going to do in your life. And then what's so scary and what's so funny about this story is this, that it worked. It worked, man. It worked. In the story, these guys are out there and they're in in this army. And I don't know how many it was, but they would go out and one dude up talking smack about their God. And I don't know if it'd been me. I, don't know, I probably got a couple folks together, man, so we all going to take him out. I mean, just to whatever, that's how we did it in my hood, man. You know, you, 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 you come in one of us, man. You come at all the Rogers boys, man. There's four boys in the family. You hit one, you go going to hit all. And I, but we get together and do this, but they didn't do this. They sat back, and they got fearful, and then the enemy really began to work and do his thing because look what happens. He's getting up, talking the junk, talking all this smack, putting down their God, doing all these things, and instead of them rising up, instead of a warrior stepping up, taking control of the situation, what they do? You see it in verse 28. Look there real quick. David got sent out. David was not a part of this army. Historians say that David was probably 12 years of age, if not 12 years of age, a young teenage boy. He was at home. He had been tending the sheep. He had been filling in. He had been taking care of the sheep. He had been working. He was doing it. And he showed up that day to bring lunch to his brothers, just serving, just just following his daddy's commands and doing what his daddy asked of him. He showed up on the scene just because he was serving and God used him. That's the. That's a whole other message, man. You serve got to put you on the scene to defeat a giant. But that's a whole, whole other message. Just be be faithful in your service and you'll defeat giants. But he, he takes David, puts him in this situation. And in verse 28, look at what happens. The enemy begins to pit brother against brother. Now Eliab, his oldest brother, speaking of David's oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, And Eliab's anger was aroused against David, and he said, Why did you come down here, and with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. Wow. Hold on. You have this enemy speaking this stuff, and instead of them rising up, going to defeat him, they begin to fight each other ever seen that? Wow. I've seen it, man. I've watched the enemy come in. I've watched him destroy churches because when he's coming in and trying to work and instead of fighting the enemy, they begin to fight each other. And, and, and instead, of, instead of banding together and joining forces and getting in agreement and, and kicking the devil in the teeth, man, they begin to kick each other down and push each other down. And this is a picture of this in the Scripture. Here it was. They begin to pit one against the other and brother against brother. And in verse 29, I love what David said. David said, what have I done now? He was a little brother, man. I'm the youngest of those four boys I was talking about. I know that feeling, man. You know, you get blamed for everything, man. You get the hammer down clothes. You don't get nothing new, man. I mean, nothing. You got, I got my oldest brother's bicycle, man, and I rode around until I bought my own. So I know that feeling. But here he was, man, getting blasted. Y'all just let me vent for a minute, all right? It's freeing from me, man. It helps me, bro. This is my therapy right now. But I mean, you know, but, but in this situation, David said this. He said, is there not a cause? He, he saw that what I need to do is step up and begin to fight and get, begin to come against because there's a big deal. There's a big cause because if you know, if you read the story, there was reward for the one that would step up and fight the giant. it out. It's cool, man. You get all kind of great stuff, man. You get exempt tax-free for the rest of your life. That right there would be enough, man, and me to just put on the gloves, man, and just go throw nuts. No more taxes the rest of my life. And, but just that. Then you get married a good-looking girl. You get all this stuff. I mean, it's just a great deal. But then he said, is there not a cause? But the cause is way more than that. He saw that it was greater. He saw that it was so much deeper than that. And he says, I will step up, and I'll fight the enemy. You know, God's looking for somebody to step up and say, man, I've heard enough you flat them long enough. Let's do something in this thing. And so he steps up in verse 31. He says, now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. Verse 32, then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight the Philistine. Hold on now. You've got to look at this situation and think for one moment that, hold on, that that, that Saul was saying, dude, you have lost your mind. You are a kid. They can't, none of, the, they, none of the big boys stepping up, and yet you're going to step up and do this. You think you have what it takes. So, I, I don't know all the conversation. I just things begin to go crazy in my mind sometimes as I think about maybe what transpired there. But finally, he says this, or right, well, at least we'll take you, and then we're going to go, and at least we'll get you dressed and get you prepared. Jump down to verse 38, man. I want to try to get a little bit more of this in you. Verse 38 says this, So Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a bronze helmet on his head, and he also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. (laughs) Can you see it? This little dude, man, I mean, 12 years old, whatever it is, buck five. You know, the Bible said, good-looking little guy, ruddy complexion. You know, we've been out in the sun, good-looking guy. And he puts this armor on, weighted down, and he said, man, just, this, this ain't working out for me. And you know, you got in Saul's mind, has got to say, well, dude, this is the best I can do for you. And the Lord just kind of took me to a couple of things, them down. First of all is this, you have to be who God's called you to be. You have to do this. You have to be who God's called to be. You have to flow in your gift and calling. David couldn't fight Goliath in Saul's armor and win. Well, that was good. You, some of y'all are thinking about that for a second. David couldn't fight Goliath in Saul's armor and win. So he said, this is not going to work for me. So I'm going to take this off and then set it aside and then put this down. second thing the Lord showed me was this. You're not going to be able to get to heaven on somebody else's gift. Okay, hear that. Because and this is, this is where we're at. This is reality. I, I was talking to a minister who, who has family that ministers out west, northwest. And, and I almost sometimes, man, think it would just be so much easier there. I'm telling you, man, we just talk. There's God's doing some stuff up in the, in the northwest. And, man, Spirit of God's just changing lives left and right because of this one thing. Because none of those people up there were brought up like a lot of us were brought up. I mean, you you go over there, you go up in the northwest, man, and and that's where the whole grunge scene come out of, man, and everything was just crazy. None of those people over there ever thought they were Christians. They just didn't, man. I mean, you just you go up there and ask them, Chris, what, what, what are you telling me? What do you mean? I'm not a Christian. Who? But in the South, I think we struggle with that. I mean, we are here in the Bible belt, man. I mean, we think this today. We think because we came to church, we're Christians. Some of you thought because grandma went to church, you're a Christian. Oh, y'all quiet because y'all know I am hit somebody. I mean, right there. I mean, you know that some of y'all, some of you, your granddaddy got a plaque on the wall, some church somewhere, and you following Jesus. Come on, their names on a pew somewhere down the line and because they paid for the pew, man, it was pew, pay for a pew Sunday and everybody gave a good offering because your granddaddy got a pew, man, bought it, now you're in. Lord, was just showing me something like this. You're not gonna be able to get there on somebody else's gift. Only gift you'll ever get there is the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. Come on, hear me. The only way that you'll ever get to the Father is through the Son Jesus. And listen to me, there's no other way. And some of us are trying to do this. We're trying to put on the armor of somebody else. We're trying to trying to get there hanging on mama's coattail. And Jesus said this. You follow me. You give your life to me. You surrender everything to me. And you watch what I'll do in your life. Watch how I'll gift you. Watch what I'll place in your hands. Watch what I'll put before you. And so every, in every way in this text, man, God's showing us this cool stuff that we just need to be who God's put in us and, 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 to, and use what God's placed in us. But, but the end, the enemy begins to intimidate one more time. You see in the text in verse 40, Let's follow along, man. This is good. I'm working my... My video guys back there today, my visual guys with these texts. But verse 40 says this, Then he took his, he took his staff in his hand, he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook, and then put them in a shepherd's bag and a pouch, which we, he had in his sling and was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistines. So he's telling them this. He's telling them that I'm a, I'm a, this ain't going to work for me. Your armor's not going to work. I'm going to do what God's put in my heart called me to do. He goes and gets this stone. He goes, and then he begins in verse 42, says this, And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, which means he basically belittled him. He, 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 he talked junk. He was pushing him down verbally. He was talking junk, just like the enemy will do today. He was pushing him down, and he was talking this junk, and he says that he was he disdained him. He dissed him for you, young folk. He dissed him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. So this little guy steps up, finally gets bold enough to somebody in the army going to step up and go keep the, del- the, the, the Goliath at the, the enemy's teeth. And he steps up. They push him down. He still keeps coming, goes, gets his gift, and then he comes out. And then when he steps on the scene, God, man, this is a picture of man. It's so cool. I wish I had my flannel graph today. I mean, I mean you have this little dude, this little guy, and this big nine-foot-nine nine giant and saying, That's what you're sending out here. That's the best you can do. That's all you got. And he talks, he keeps talking smack. And then verse 45, it says, Then David said to the Philistine. All right. Some point in every situation, this has to happen if you're going to win. You got to quit letting him talk to you, and you begin to talk to him. And, and and when you talk to him, no, oh, <laughs> pastor, devil's on my back. Oh, devil, I, devil, you, you 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 kill it. No, be careful what you say when you say, but talk to him. Because he says that, that he 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 sat there, he listened. Oh, I like David. David, pretty bad, pretty bad dude. He said. Then David said to the Philistine, "You come to me with a sword." You, you come to me with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you defy. Do, do you see this? Again, he's not coming up in there in his own strength. You can't fight him on your own. But when you come in the name of the Lord, when you come in strength, when you come and say, he's telling him, listen to me, I, I, I want you to do this, Goliath. I want you to shut it. You know, come wrong. Yeah, for you, man. I mean, you—you got—you shut it. And now this is what you need to do. You let me speak to you for a second. I've—I've I've heard enough of your junk. I've heard enough of your mouth. I, I, I'm sick and tired of you telling me just because this happened in Granddaddy's life or happened in Daddy's life, it's going to happen in my life. I, 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 I'm sick of you telling because they were nobody, I'm going to be nobody. Listen to me, devil. I'm, I'm, I'm sick of your junk. I'm tired of hearing it. I refuse to listen. And you start telling him what's up. You begin to tell him what's going on. You begin to say to him, he said in verse 46, he said, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Think about little David, man. Little bucko five David. You know, uh, you know, hair, man, just kind of, you know, highlights, man, from being in the sun and little ruddy complexion, man, this good-looking little guy who was up there talking. Young. Let me tell you something. Today, you're going to be delivered into my end. Today, this is what's going to happen, enemy. This day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And verse 47 says this, Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, but for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Wow, man. He will give you into our hands. Man, you got to see this little guy. And then he steps up. And this is where it all changed. Remember, a couple of crucial things. You got to start speaking to them. And then you got to do this. You got to stop running from them and start running towards them. You have to start running towards them. Verse 40, after he said that, verse 47, verse 48 says, So it was when the Philistines arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Wow. How many times, man, did we start off and we were serious, man? May i tell you, man, that was good. That was a good service, man. I'm gonna do this I, and you're ready to go and then the enemy gets out, starts talking junk and then he starts running towards you. He starts bringing the temptation. He starts speaking the fear stuff. He starts getting to you and then you're faced with a decision. David had a choice, and they, and they probably wouldn't thought, you thought know, that much of him. They probably said, well, that's what we thought, man. He wasn't but a little kid. That's what we figured would happen. But when the enemy began to run to him, he had this choice and decision to make, and instead of running from the enemy, he started running towards the enemy. Listen to me, man. At some point in your life, you got to stop running from your giant and start running toward it then this little guy, man, this little young guy takes up in his hand this sling. And the Bible says he takes a stone. And, tell, and I had just I had some church by myself the other night just studying and reading this stuff. As I began to think about this, and I just began to just look at what Scripture after Scripture was saying about who this was. And I think for sometimes, again, we think this something that we have uh, this gift of our own strength. I think it's sometimes we think we can do it. I don't think it was by any chance the Bible says that David went to a brook. I think the brook was representing water, which is the Holy Spirit. I believe he got connected to the Holy Spirit. I believe he was very clear in what he needed to do there. And then he chose and picked up this stone. He, the Bible says he picked up five, but he picked up this one stone. I believe he took it out. And I don't know. Lord, just begin to just show me some stuff, man. And I think it was just some great revelation we need to hear today. But the Bible says this. In Scripture after Scripture after Scripture, Ephesians 2.20 says that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Hmm, come on, somebody. It says in Psalm 118, verse 22, the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Psalm 18, 2 says, the Lord is my rock and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my shield, my horn of my salvation and my stronghold. Listen to me. This is what I believe happened. I believe he went ahead and just a prophetic picture of this today for us. If we pick up the rock, If we we connect to the the chief cornerstone, if we connect to Jesus, because, again, you have this guy up in armor, everything seemed to be covered. But he left one area exposed. Listen to me. I promise you. Listen to me. In Christ, there's always a way. It don't matter how big it looks, how bad the situation may be, how much the enemy may be coming at you, if you're in Christ, if you pick up the stone, the Bible says that David took the stone. And I love the sling, man. Sling was a cool little weapon. They were so accurate with a the sling. They could take the sling, man, and they, pe- people won entire wars because of the sling, and they took the sling. David picked it up, and the Bible says that he took it and he slung the stone, man you, want, you want me to tell you what you need to throw at the enemy when he comes at you. Jesus. He says, I'm the word. You throw the word, and we're going to get heavy in the word when we get into this armor deal. But he is the word of God. He, he, it, is, it is Jesus. When we step into him and we connect to this, listen to me, it does not matter what the enemy is throwing at you, no matter what you may be facing today, if you're in Christ, if you're connected to Jesus, the chief cornerstone. Listen to me. Everybody else may reject it. No matter what everybody else does. What are you doing today?